All right, thanks, Scott Channing. Glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis will join us. We'll also check in with the Democratic mayor. Now, a number of high-profile Democrats in the state of Florida have, are now speaking out on behalf of Governor DeSantis and setting the record straight about the 60 Minutes hit piece uh, we have the mayor of Palm Beach County, Democrat Dave Kerner, is going to join us in the course of the program. He actually released a statement, said, I watched the 60 Minutes segment on Palm Beach County last night, and I feel compelled to issue this statement. The reporting was not just based on bad information. It was intentionally false. I know because I offered to provide my insight into Palm Beach County's vaccination efforts. By the way, I know through the grapevine and our research He spoke with 60 Minutes and their producer for 45 straight minutes and they wouldn't put him on camera and they wouldn't put his position on camera. Anyway, uh, uh, 60 Minutes declined his offer and they know he said, quote, they know the governor came to Palm Beach County, that the governor met with me and the county administrator. And we asked to expand the state's partnership with Publix to Palm Beach County. In other words, uh, so. In Palm Beach County, they have a very high percentage of 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 elderly population. Over two hundred seventy five thousand seniors in Palm Beach County alone, which is over seventy five percent of the total senior population, they've all been vaccinated already. And so, Ron DeSantis, the first thing, seniors first, was their motto. After obviously people that work in the medical community, and seniors got the vaccine first. When Ron DeSantis was on at the very beginning of COVID on this program, he said that he's mobilized every single state agency to protect the elderly in Florida, which has the one of the highest percentages of the elderly population. And I think they are like, you know, they've done the they've done the best of any big state by far, like compared to New York or Pennsylvania, New Jersey or, or Michigan with their executive orders to send COVID patients into nursing homes, all three, all three, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, they did it all within a week of each other. How stupid were all three of them? Just the opposite was done in Florida, and they kept it open. And the kids have been in school since August in Florida. No problems, and people aren't, and now people are flocking to Florida in droves. Real estate prices are just, there's never been a boom like this. I talked to real estate friends of mine down there. They said they've never seen anything like it. Anyway, so they were able to get all of this done down in Florida. And 60 Minutes comes in. Now, you'd think they'd be doing pieces on New York and Cuomo and the nursing home scandal and the group home scandal and the fact that Pennsylvania followed suit, New Jersey followed suit, all the shutdown states. Now the recall of Newsom out in California. No, they're not doing any of that. Anyway, so the mayor of Palm Beach County, the Democratic mayor, will join us. Ron DeSantis will also join us. We'll get into all of that uh, in the course of the program today. Um, now, I, I, I can't help but start thinking about how, how absolutely, because th- this is beyond journalism being dead. When a Democratic mayor... A Palm Beach County will defend the Republican governor of the state of Florida because they actually worked hand in hand at that meeting. I've been briefed on what happened at at that meeting. Governor DeSantis said, "Okay, what's the best way? What's the best location 
Is it drugstores? Is it, you know, should we set up centers? You know, what, what, what will work best for Palm Beach County? And it was the mayor that decided on Publix. Now, Publix is adamantly, they, they donate to Republicans and Democrats. They've tried to tie this into, well, he picked Publix. Publix didn't charge the state of Florida a single penny to become a vaccination center for the state of Florida. They did it as a public service for their customers. I mean, good for Publix. I've always liked Publix stores. They're, they're well-known throughout the South, like Winn-Dixie and other places. The CVSs of Florida, the Walgreens of Florida, the Rite-Aids of Florida, they were all busy actually taking the vaccine into elderly communities. They did that at no charge to the state of Florida. I mean, everybody was kind of like all hands on deck. And it is, if you want the model of how to do something right, if, you know, everybody says they want bipartisanship, here you have it. And 60 minutes, you know, and I'll tell you what, let me tell you what this is. Because if Donald Trump doesn't run in 2024, the name you hear most often is Governor Ron DeSantis. That's, I, I'm hearing it from everybody. Well, if Trump doesn't run, I think I like Ron DeSantis. I hear that from more people every day. And he doesn't hide from his support and friendship of Donald Trump either. And the fact that he supports the president's agenda. It's the agenda that's going to matter. Now, it's interesting as we go back to the state of Georgia, Major League Baseball. Again, we're, I guess one of the few that points out Major League Baseball makes a big deal with China in the middle of a hum, human rights abuse at a level and a scale we've not seen in a long time. But they're making financial deals with China. Now, all these companies, 200 companies now that have spoken out against Georgia, starting with, you know, the home base in Atlanta for Delta and Coca-Cola. And they just, you know, oh, this, this law is unfair. Well, Major League Baseball announced they're moving this year's All-Star game out of Georgia. And um, by the way, the MLB commissioner apparently is a member of Augusta. We're going to raise the Augusta question in this case. I'm not, I'm not raising it, but I'm, I'm, I'm just asking, where's, where's his uh, uh, intellectual consistency and honesty if this is his application? But they've gotten everything wrong with it. Now it's headed to Colorado which has many rules that are similar, but actually are more restrictive than Georgia. Just like Joe Biden's Delaware has far more restrictive voting uh, laws than the new law in the state of Georgia, as does Chuck Schumer's New York. So now they moved it to Coors Field in Denver and uh, pulling it from Georgia. You know, Georgia has 17 days of in-person voting. Colorado has 15. Colorado has a photo ID requirement. Why are they sending it to Colorado and pulling it from Georgia? Major mistake. Um, and it, it's I've been saying this between the media mob, the woke. We, we've got rage, psychosis, hysteria and never ending lies from the media. Lies from the Democrats. Lies from big tech. The, the woke now corporate cowards, it's, it's just another new level of derangement and psychosis every single day. There's just outright lies about what happened down in Georgia. And, ba- and 
uh, what did I say before the election? I was saying uh, we have institutional failure in this country. Major institutions failing its people, starting with the Democratic Party. You know, if you look, if you look at Joe Biden, absolutely positively lied when he compared this to Jim Crow. Because the new law in Georgia Georgia actually creates more early voting, more days to vote, more flexibility to vote, adds another Saturday to vote, keeps the ballot drop boxes that people seem to love so much. Instead of having the two-tiered signature verification system, one system will be applied to everybody. It strengthens the absentee ballot process. The same standard whether you vote in person or vote by mail. You're allowed to bring food and water. That was one big lie. Election workers can hand it out. Partisan organizations, just like in New York, you can't hand it out within 150 feet. The new law requires a voter ID or state-issued ID or a Social Security number if you want to get an absentee ballot, which means you have integrity in the system, confidence in the outcome, so we don't have to go through what we went through in 2020. And, you know, and I went through the whole list yesterday. You want to go visit Joe at the White House? Yeah, you need a, you need a photo ID. Go to the U.S. Capitol, photo ID. Democratic National Convention, photo ID. You want to get on an airplane, photo ID. Want to buy a house, apply for a mortgage, rent a house, photo ID. Jeez, you want to buy a beer for crying out loud, you need a photo ID. I'm, 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 at my age, I get carded if I buy your jewel pods. If you smoke, you want to buy cigarettes, photo ID, apply for food stamps, photo ID, apply for a job, photo ID, welfare programs, photo ID, Medicare, Medicaid, unemployment, drive by, rent a car, purchase a gun, adopt a pet, rent a hotel room, pick up a prescription, donate blood, purchase some cold or allergy medicine like Allegra D and on and on and on. Want to pick up tickets at will call at an MLB game? You're going to need a photo ID. 72% of Americans think we should require a photo ID. Joe Biden doesn't want you to know. His state is far worse. By the way, he even the Washington Post said he's a liar. Four Pinocchios for Joe. And if you look at, okay, for example, Delaware is no in-person early voting. They don't have any of that. Georgia is far less restrictive than Delaware. Georgia's got 70 day, 17 days of in-person early voting. None for none for Delaware. Delaware requires specific excuses if you need an absentee ballot. In Georgia, anyone can vote absentee. Delaware, there are no ballot drop boxes. Georgia drop box is still available. The guy that's saying this is Jim Crow 2.0. Now, what is he doing here? He's playing the race card. Why? I mean, now, it's a little ironic. It's the same guy that partnered with the former Klansman to prevent the integration of schools because he didn't want them becoming racial jungles, his words, and when he partnered with Robert Byrd, he's the one that referred to African-American youth as predators on our streets. Of course, the media mob, big tech mob, they protected him during the campaign. He was in the candidate protection program. Where was out? Where, you know, is there any outrage from Delta, United, American, Coke? Any outrage on any of this? Are these companies, are they now going to boycott the Beijing 2022 Olympics? Are they going to look at the human rights, atrocious human rights record of China? 
Why are they amplifying these lies? Do these companies actually read the law? You know, this is this now wokeness now moving towards corporate America. I mean, if this is it, I'm going to tell you what people are going to do, and I'm not pushing it. I don't support boycotts. They're going to stop buying their products. They're going to stop flying on their airlines. They're going to look for alternatives. You know, Fulton County, Cobb County, Georgia just lost $100 million in revenue thanks to Joe Biden and lies that were told by so many. It's it's unbelievable. Major League Baseball, okay? And it and it gets worse from there. It's already backfiring because now Colorado requires photo ID. I mean, I can't believe it. Fox News asked Major League Baseball if they researched state voting laws when determining they didn't immediately respond to us. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity show, uh, this is pretty interesting. You have circle back uh, Saki, Jen Saki, propagandist, actually now certified liar for the Biden White House as they've lied about a lot of things lately. Joe got blown over by the wind. That's what happened. No. It's Jim Crow. No. She now says it's very uncommon for suspected terrorists to cross the border into our country. With information about people who are known or reasonably suspected of being involved in terror activities. Two people on it from Yemen have been apprehended at the border. How concerned is President Biden about terrorists possibly trying to take advantage of gaps in the border to get in and kill Americans? Well, first, let me convey that uh, these type of incidents are very uncommon. Uh, and CBP and DHS can speak more to uh, the timeline uh, and the specifics, of course, in, in these particular cases and encounters. But encounters of known and suspected terrorists are very uncommon. Uh, they do underscore the importance of the critical work that is done on a daily basis to vet those at the border. DHS works um, not just in, at the border, uh, as you know, but also with international partners to share intelligence and other information, including to prevent individuals on certain watch lists from entering the United States. They adjudicate individuals encountered at and between ports of entry against several classified and unclassified databases. So while this is rare, this is a reflection of them doing their jobs. Rare and uncommon, but uh, uh, we'll let them speak. They're not allowed to speak because you put a gag order on them. Biden's uh, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, deleted a press release on terrorists sneaking across the border. Interesting. Because you have two Yemeni men on the FBI's terror watch list. This is rare. Arrested in California after illegally crossing the border just weeks after Republicans warned terrorists were entering from Mexico. Uh, the sanctuary country now well over a thousand hundred thousand people have gotten away from us this year. That's what the Border Patrol chief has said. Over a hundred thousand gotten away. We have no idea where they are. 25 to the top of the hour. So all these Democrats downplaying the suspected terrorists at the border, you know, they're silent now. They're silent. They downplay the the possibility. How do you downplay that? Because what they're not even acknowledging is because of the all of the resources, because of Joe's invitation, Joe getting rid of the stay in Mexico policy, Joe stopping border wall construction, you know, Joe bringing back catch and release. It's an invitation. The cartels, the human traffickers, drug traffickers, 
They're going wild. They're making more money than ever before. Even dumping three and five-year-old kids, just dropping them from a 14-foot fence into the United States and saying, see you later. Good luck, kid. It's sad. It's sick. Democrats downplaying the possibility of individuals on the FBI terrorism watch list been silent about Border Patrol's capturing these suspected terrorists at the southern border. Monday, U.S. Customs Border Protection announced Border Patrol agents apprehended this Yemeni man who was at the southern border, name on the FBI's terrorism watch list, the second Border Patrol arrest of a Yemeni national with their name on the watch list in, in recent weeks. And, you know, so what do they have to say for themselves now? What, what if they committed an act of terror? Would they not have blood on their hands at that point? Because they're facilitating the law-breaking, aiding and abetting. I thought that was a crime, aiding and abetting. The United Sanctuary States of America, it aids and abets law-breaking. The government of Joe Biden is aiding and abetting criminal activity here. And in the meantime, with all the resources being drained, trying to deal with all of the hundreds of thousands of people now crossing the border, well, that gives free reign to the more nefarious actors to do whatever it is that they do, drugs, human trafficking, prostitution, even of kids into into the United States. Biden's DHS deleted the release of the terrorists sneaking across the border. They don't want you to even see that. I've never seen such lack of transparency. Nope. Border Patrol can't talk to people in the press. All interview requests must go through the Biden administration. No more ride-alongs. No cameras inside of the, the cages that Biden has overcrowded with tons of kids in the middle of a pandemic. One interesting note. Washington Times, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas telling employees that he may restart border wall construction to plug what he called gaps in the current barrier. I can't wait to put together that montage of every Democrat saying walls are bad. If, If Biden does it, I guess it'll be good. But this is now where we are now. And, and for the, for circle back press secretary Saki to say, Oh, no, very uncommon. It's happening now. We're catching them now. This is not something new. Now, we've got a lot of things happening here. So we've discussed in great specificity and great detail the Biden administration and these massive, the biggest tax hikes in over three decades that they will be imposing on you, we, the American people. We've talked about their out-of-control, reckless spending. We've talked about the new Green Deal agenda and how it is completely unaffordable. These will be false promises of security that will never be fulfilled. We've talked about lost jobs in the energy sector. We've talked about the higher price that we're all paying now, and it's only going to get higher to fill our tanks, heat our homes, cool our homes. We've talked all about that. And... You know, then you look at, well, the evil corporations. We've talked about how corporations don't pay taxes. They will pass that cost on to you, on to we, the American people. You will pay more just like you are paying more for these idiotic energy policies that makes the price of energy, the lifeblood of the world's economy, more expensive. So with all of that going on and all the talk about loopholes being closed and higher taxes, As a private citizen, 
we've had an opportunity to look at 2017, 2018, and 2019, and Biden and his wife, Jill, Dr. Jill, they routed $13 million of income through what are called S-corporations. If Hannity owns it, it's called a shell corporation. But an LLC, you usually don't put in your name. New York Times, Hannity's Shell Corporation. It's not a Shell Corporation. It's called an LLC. He purchased the property. Yeah, I did that I paid for. And that I'm paying for, still paying for. Anyway, and paying taxes on. But they did it, but the Bidens did it to avoid paying taxes. In this case, taxes that would fund Medicare. And the Obamacare, ACA Act. We have Republican Study Committee Chair Jim Banks He pointed out to Fox News, when we take back the House in 2022, Oversight Committee Republicans won't forget about Biden's legally dubious tax avoidance schemes. You know, this is liberals. They're always generous with other people's money. They're against guns, but they're absolutely for themselves being having armed guards around them. Hollywood liberals. I love that. Anyway, uh, he goes in a blistering attack. Do you intend to undo your hypocrisy? And pay these taxes back to the American people because we now see that money that you earn from book royalties, speaking appearance fees, and put into these S-corporations avoided self-employment payroll tax liabilities that would have flowed to America's Medicare program that provides care to over 60 million seniors. And the ACA uh, Act imposed higher taxes on millions of Americans, but not Joe Biden. He only paid 121000 He paid 121000 less in Obamacare taxes. Banks says to Fox News, Joe Biden advocated expanding Medicare and is pushing to close tax loopholes and for a $3 trillion tax hike. At the same time, Amtrak Joe made $13 million through speaking fees in three years, then skimped over the $500,000 for Medicare recipients through tax loopholes. Now, here's the most interesting proposal. Pay attention to this one. You better enjoy what's left of the Trump economy while you can, because these left-wing lunatics, you know, are running the show. Now, Biden's going to up your taxes by trillions of dollars. Apparently, that's not enough for Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She's now proposed what is called a global tax hike globally. By the way, why stop there? Why don't we tax, you know, why, why don't we hike taxes on the entire solar system? Cases, intelligent life out there, they may want to be forewarned. Maybe we'll have a galaxy-wide tax. Anyway, she wants what's called a global minimum corporate tax rate. Now think about why, why would the United States of America be telling other countries to raise their corporate tax rates? It's not a hard answer. Now, that comes as they're about to begin the $2 trillion infrastructure, well, $2.5 trillion, uh, almost $3 trillion proposal that will raise U.S. corporate taxes. We're working with G20 nations to agree to a global minimum tax, corporate tax rate that can uh, stop the race to the bottom. We can use the global minimum tax to make sure the global economy thrives based on a more level playing field than the taxation of multinational corporations and it'll spur innovation and prosperity and growth. Well, that's total BS. Whoops. I almost said it. Competitiveness is about anyway. Yellen had previously called for this corporate tax rate. Why do you think they want to do that? Why? Why? Just think about the answer for a second. 
They want to do it because Yellen understands something here. Yellen understands that companies are going to look at this tax and it's going to become more appealing to businesses to headquarter their companies in low tax countries, which they've done in the past. Now, she's trying to stop it that way. Now, is it going to be successful? I, I would bet the answer is you're going to still have tax haven countries. There are countries you can buy citizenship to. You pay X amount of dollars for you and your family. Antigua, for example, you can buy, I think it's $134,000. You can be a full-on citizen. There are people that have given up their citizenship. Now, I, I don't want to give up my American citizenship. It's, you know, still the greatest country God gave man. I just want a new government. Hopefully, we begin that process in 2022. Biden's energy secretary doesn't deny tax hikes for massive infrastructure. is going to hit the middle class hard. Well, that was nice that they finally accidentally fell on the truth. Jennifer Granholm. Yeah, I, I don't deny tax hikes. Yeah, it's going to hit the middle class hard. We're actually saying this. Your tax dollars. Get this. We put it on Hannity.com today. The U.S. has agreed to, and the United Arab Emirates released a joint statement affirming both countries' commitment to help finance the decarbonization in the Middle East and North Africa. Why is one penny of hard-earned American tax dollars going to the decarbonization in the Middle East and North Africa? Why would we pay that? Why would you tax us to pay that? But that's what they're trying to do. Now, what Yellen here is, is calling for with this global minimum tax rate is interesting. Right now, the state of New York is about to become the highest tax state in the entire union. You, now, it's going to be a 40% income tax rate federally. New York now, when you combine state and city income taxes only. Now, New York has high. I live in the second highest tax county in the country. The county I was actually born in. It's called Nassau County. Now, when you add combined state and city income tax rates, it will be a high of 14.8%. So 40% of the federal government, just for income taxes, no, no Social Security taxes. Then you add the 15% state and city tax. That's 55 cents of every dollar I make going to government. Then you add the property taxes, the highest in the country, second highest in the country. And literally they're saying that th this is what I, now if I move down to Florida, I immediately save 15 percent, probably closer to 20 to 25 percent of money moving to Florida. Now I have to work out a deal with my employers to make that happen. Then they're adding the legalization of marijuana and they're going to tax the hell out of that. Then they're looking at sports betting because they think that can generate $500 million a year. And then they have the excluded workers fund, $2.1 billion in new spending. Then they have the rental assistance fund, $2.3 billion. Then they have education aid, $1.4 billion. Why is any, you want to know why people are leaving New York and California and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Michigan 
and other high-tax liberal states? Because of this. Why is Florida booming? Florida right now, real estate is, is at a record high. Explosive growth. They've, I've, I've talked to realtor friends of mine. They said they've got bidding wars on every house down there if it opens up. It's insane. I'll ask the Palm Beach mayor. I'll ask Ron DeSantis, who's going to join us at the top of the hour about it. And the reason that this ties into Yellen is because Yellen sees what's happening in New York, sees what's happening in New Jersey, sees what's happening in California, sees what's happening in Illinois and Michigan. And she's saying, uh oh. We're going to if we can get the rest of the world to buy into our high corporate tax structure, uh, then these companies can't move to other countries. Now, you're not going to get every other country to go along with this madness because they're going to want to entice businesses to leave the United States and build their corporate headquarters and provide jobs for people in their country who need jobs. That means Americans post pandemic will have less jobs available. And that is 18 million Americans. Add to that the millions of uh, illegal immigrants that'll get amnesty. Add to that energy sector workers that just got fired by Joe Biden. And what you have is a formula for economic disaster. And they're trying to get these other countries to do it. It would be like New York saying to the rest of the country, yeah, you, you raise your state's um, uh, state and city taxes to New York's level, and then people won't leave New York. Well, I got to know the governors of Texas at varying times, Florida, uh, Louisiana, Carolinas, Tennessee. I got to know these governors really well because they always would come up to New York Because they were here to appeal to businesses and Wall Street to leave. Guess what? Wall Street, one company after another, they're packing up and they're leaving. They're all leaving. These office buildings are never going to be filled the way they were at the prices they were getting at their height. So this is now they're just doubling down on colossal stupidity. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free number. We'd love to hear from you. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, By the way, one hour from right now, we have the Democratic mayor of Palm Beach County. His name is Mayor Dave Kerner, who is saying that not only was the report on 60 Minutes fake and and intentionally false, uh, but he offered to tell them the truth. And they just spent 45 minutes on the phone with 60 Minutes. They didn't want to hear the insight of what really happened with the discussion that took place with Governor Ron DeSantis down in Florida as it relates to the distribution of the vaccine. It happens to be a very high population of 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 elderly people down in Palm Beach County. And anyway, so the governor came to Palm Beach County, met with the mayor, met with the county administrator, gave him a whole host of options. And he's saying, I'm the one that decided it should go to public. So the, the governor let us decide after laying out every option imaginable. But of course, 60 Minutes didn't want to hear any of that. It's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable to me. Let me play Ron DeSantis sparring with the CBS reporter 
over the COVID vaccine rollout and this fake fraudulent fake news 60 minutes hit piece that they ran. Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in So Palm first Beach. of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. How, how is that not pay to that, play? That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor. I met with the administrator. I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the Publix. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. But Melissa McKinley, the county commissioner in the Glades, told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. The criticism is that it's pay to play, It's wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative and you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. And so it's clearly not. Isn't there the nearest public? No, no, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Yes, sir. That's actually a fact. So the mayor of Palm Beach County said, you know, he felt compelled. He released a statement after 60 Minutes ran this hit piece. I watched the 60 Minutes segment on Palm Beach County last night and feel compelled to issue this statement. The reporting was not just based on bad information. It was intentionally false. I know this because I offered to provide my insight into Palm Beach County's vaccination efforts and 60 Minutes declined. Now, I happen to know that the mayor spoke with 60 Minutes a whopping 45 minutes, and they still refused to tell his side of the story. Forget about, you know, fair and balanced anything. Uh, he goes on and he says, they know the governor came to Palm Beach County, met with me, met with the county administrator, and we asked to expand the state's partnership with Publix to Palm Beach County. We also discussed our own local plans to expand mass vaccination centers throughout the county, which the governor has been incredibly supportive. This is a Democratic mayor. He said we asked and he delivered. Uh, they had they had this information. They left it out because it kneecapped their whole narrative. In other words, when they finally heard from the mayor of Palm Beach County, the Democratic mayor, that the, their hit piece ended. But they just decided not to air that part or even interview on camera the mayor who was offering to be interviewed spent 45 minutes on the phone with the producers of 60 minutes. We have confronted this pandemic for over a year. Our residents, like all Americans, are tired. The media is making it worse. They're just hell bent on dividing us for cheap views and clicks. And 60 minutes should be ashamed. Governor Ron DeSantis, the great state of Florida, joins us. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Sean. I still have the ability to mint you a Florida driver's license, so you just let me know when well, you're ready. Let me ready ask to pull you a trigger. question about that. As long as you brought it up, is it true that if I'm down there for just two months, I can declare a homestead and get a, a license from down there? So you can declare a permanent residence in Florida now. That's different than relieving you of taxes from New York. So we do have people that vote in Florida that live here, even a majority of the year, who still fight with New York on taxes. So it's a different analysis than the tax, um, but it's definitely possible that you could come down here and be homesteaded here, be registered to vote here. Now, but how maybe- do you do that if I'm still, let's say I spend more time up in New York than I did down in Florida, but I was down there a couple of months a year, would I be able to homestead down there? Whatever your primary residence is, if, it's, if, if you consider it Florida, you can homestead here uh, in the state of Florida. We don't have, you know, you got to be, be in your home a certain number of times or, or, or whatnot. Um, if you count somewhere else as your primary residence, then, um, then that would be different. 
My understanding is New York tax officials literally pretty much live down in Florida and they're harassing people that move from New York to Florida to make sure that you and you have to prove to the state of New York. In other words, you're not innocent until proven guilty. You must prove that you've been down there. What is it? One hundred and eighty. However many days a year, uh, because at that point, then you don't have to pay New York state income taxes. Uh, have you heard those those nightmarish stories as well? I've absolutely heard that there are New York revenue agents who just work in Florida. They they have them stationed <laughs> down here, and they're looking to try to figure out who Cuomo's is almost going to follow me to my grave. Good, good well, my, grief. My view would be, okay, instead of sending revenue agents down here to police people who are fleeing, maybe figure out why people are fleeing your state and fix the underlying problems. But it seems like they just keep doubling down on the failed policies. No, what they're proposing now in New York State, Governor DeSantis, you'll love this, a $4 billion tax increase. So anybody that makes any money is now, if, they, if they're if they on the fence, uh, I, can, I can barely afford this. Now they're pushing them to states like Florida. Florida seems to be the number one destination, though, from New York, New Jersey, and other areas. Um, let me get to this hip piece, because... You know, I, I guess because you protected the elderly, the one thing that they got right was the elderly are the most vulnerable to COVID. And I remember interviewing you very early on, and you had you you said to me, and I never forgot it, that you mobilized every state agency to go to every nursing home, every elder community in the state of Florida, from the villages on down, all across Florida to protect the elderly. You did not put COVID patients in nursing homes through executive action or in group homes through executive action like New York did, Pennsylvania did, New Jersey did, and Michigan did, did you? No, and in fact, we did the opposite. We banned hospitals from discharging COVID-positive patients back to nursing homes, and we also set up COVID-only nursing facilities so that if you had an outbreak at a nursing home, maybe two residents tested positive, you could isolate them in a, in a separate nursing home so that the rest of the residents wouldn't be infected and vice versa. If somebody was discharged from a hospital, they could go to a COVID unit, recover, and then go back to their nursing home once they're no longer contagious. And I think because we did that, Sean, even though we have one of the most elderly populations in the country, uh, there are 26 states that have higher per capita COVID mortality than us. And among senior citizens, 65 and up, there are 40 states that have higher per capita COVID mortality for senior citizens than the state of Florida. So focusing on seniors early worked, and then on the back end, putting seniors first on the vaccinations worked. And that's kind of where we find ourselves with this 60 Minutes monstrosity. Um, we had one of the most robust vaccine efforts because we had so many different distribution points. I mean, we had hospitals, obviously. We had county health departments. We had drive-through sites. We did a number of, we did tens of thousands of doses at African-American churches. We would go to 55 and up communities like uh, Century Village down in Broward County and show up there and vaccinate thousands of seniors. We did retail with CVS and Walgreens going to nursing homes initially. Then we added Publix as a retail partner. And then we've now since added Walmart and Winn-Dixie. And so it's worked. We've now done three and a half million seniors. We have one of the best, if not the best records for vaccinating seniors in the country. 
and you have partisan 60 Minutes, CVS, trying to come down and smearing me, saying because Publix is a supporter of, of my political uh, pack, that somehow we rewarded them with an exclusive secret deal. It's false. There was never an exclusive deal with Publix. In fact, Sean, we never paid Publix a dime. We never had a contract with Publix. Publix was willing to receive vaccines and do it at no cost to the state. They did a heck of a job. They're one of the most respected companies anywhere in the United States. They're probably our most respected company by a long shot. It would have been malpractice not to get Publix involved. And so they spliced out my entire effort, which you showed from played from 60 Minutes. They spliced out my entire explanation of how all this happened. Uh, the idea that Publix was exclusive? No. CVS and Walgreens were doing it before Publix. Hospitals were doing it. We had all these things going on, and it was very successful. Palm Beach in particular is egregious because, as the mayor said, Democrat mayor, uh, I went down, we discussed what are the options, what do you think we could do to juice the numbers very early on, and they thought, they calculated that 90% of their seniors in Palm Beach County live within a mile and a half of a Publix. So we had a situation, Sean, where some of our elderly had not been doing a lot for the previous year because of COVID, but almost all of them would still go to the supermarket. Almost all of them would still go primarily to Publix. So they felt comfortable going there in a way that having them drive halfway across town to go to a drive-through site, they may not, or even going to a hospital site where some people were not comfortable doing that. So it, I think it was a genius idea. And, and the no, same, no, I understand that you, nobody and is it worked. Saying, they don't say that this didn't work. It did work, uh, and it was done in conjunction with the county. And they, CBS had all that information. Uh, they claimed they were down here for three months. So they spent three months digging up dirt, and the best they could come up with was a bogus conspiracy theory trying to smear me and our most popular, respected company in the whole state. Give me a break. But here's the thing. These folks can't keep getting away with this. Uh, they lie and they lie and they lie, and then they just move on to the next target. We're not letting this go away. We're going to expose more and more of the lies because the big lie has been exposed. But there are little lies that are we're kind of propping that up that we're going to expose those as well, and they're going to have a lot to answer for. So, But all, all your listeners just understand, this corporate media – cannot be trusted in any way, shape, or form. They are purely partisan smear operations, and that's what they do every day. They've never done anything about their own governor uh, in New York for any of the things that are going on there. They've never done anything about these lockdown governors just simply because those governors are in their party. I'm the governor that's not in their party. So the one governor they pick, the one, the state, the biggest state of all the big states, we've done the best across the board on all this stuff and they come here to Florida and try to manufacture well, a hit piece. You got to, and we're going to have Mayor Dave Kerner on. I mean, I found, I was blown away by his statement. And, and here you have a Democratic mayor saying, no, the governor came. We met with him. We laid it. He laid out all the options, totally cooperative, totally, you know, we, we, we were as bipartisan as everybody says they want. That happened. And they say it's intentionally false. I mean, I, to, now I've had my own little run in with CBS as Ted Koppel once interviews me for an hour and picks the one minute that he can look good in to air. 
and doesn't and then okay, cuts yeah, out yeah, my answer. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> why am I wasting well, my time? Did, you know, so they had asked me to do an interview, and I'm like, why the hell would I interview you? I let you interview me for 30 minutes, and then you'll splice 30 seconds to try to make me look bad. I gave a two minute comprehensive response, and they spliced out all the facts that blow up their narrative just in that two-minute response. So imagine what they would have done there. That's what they do. But you know, Mayor Kerner, uh, we've worked together on all this stuff because you know what? Our goal, joint goal, was to save the lives of our elderly people. And we succeeded in Palm Beach. We're vaccinated over 275,000 seniors uh, as of today. Now Florida has vaccines open to the entire population who wants it, who are, who are old enough to have it. Um, and so, so it's been a big success. And I think it's because we've been able to work together um, and, and really be, be collaborative. And so they, we, we, Turner offered to talk to him, interview on camera. Our director of emergency management, who was the one that, that teed up the public's um, initial public's uh, allocations, he's a Democrat as well, Jared Moskowitz. And he said at the time that this was nonsense. And then he said in response to 60 Minutes, this is nonsense. I've told you what happened. They would not interview Jared Moskowitz, who was in charge of our vaccine distribution. And again, he's a Democrat, uh, bipartisan, but he's going to speak the truth on this because the facts are just the facts. And so you have a situation where CBS intentionally created a false narrative. They knew they lied. You know, if you really want to get into why they did this intentionally false story, and I do give a lot of credit to all of these Democrats that have said not only is it false, but it's intentionally false. And I don't know if you know that Dave Kerner spent 45 minutes on the phone, offered to go on camera to tell them the truth, and they purposely said no to him, which which tells you everything you need to know. But, I mean, it was a moment where you have people on both sides of the aisle trying to just stand up for the best interest of the elderly population down in Florida. I give credit to both sides here. Um, do you think a lot of this is rooted? Because there's a lot of talk already about 2024 and if, if whether Donald Trump runs uh, is yet to be determined. we got to get through the 2022 midterm. I'm sure a lot will be determined as, results, as the results of that night come in. Uh, that your name is mentioned a lot as a future Republican presidential candidate, because I think it is directly related to it. Well, I think it also, Sean, is the fact that from the very beginning of COVID, corporate media has had it out for Florida. I mean, they've always tried to say Florida is worse than New York, doing worse than all these other states. There's never been data to support it. We've done much better on a per capita basis on COVID than all the lockdown states like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Uh, California has much higher per capita mortality for elderly that, than we do, and, and their economies have been a disaster. So I think the fact that I challenged the lockdown narrative, that I focused on elderly, but I also got our kids in school, made sure everyone has a right to work, businesses have a right to be open. Our unemployment rate's 4.7%, nationally is 6.3%, lockdown states are 7 8%. They cannot accept that they were wrong, and their lockdown hero governors that they promoted were wrong. And not only were they wrong, they destroyed millions of people's lives, kids who've been locked out of school, people that have lost their jobs, businesses that have shuttered, and oh, by the way, they lock seniors in nursing homes and cause way more COVID unbelievable. deaths. So I think part of that has been there. And then quite frankly, Sean... And then they it, covered up. That's even worse. Up, of course. And I'm, but also... I'm a Republican. Uh, I don't run away. I, I worked with Trump 
closely. He's a, he's a friend of mine. I, I don't, I, the media's hatred for him, I think, unless you're out there constantly bashing him, then, then they hate you even more for that, too. So they have all these different reasons that they're doing it. But at the end of the day, this has blown up on them already. There's more to come in terms of just showing how dishonest it was. And I think it's a further lesson to all the conservatives out there, don't trust corporate media. Well done. And honestly, thank God some governors like yourself got it right, because a lot of lives were saved as a result of the decisions you made based on the science. Governor Ron DeSantis, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Hope you'll join us again soon. Thanks, Sean. Take care. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. The mayor of Palm Beach County, the Democratic mayor who backs up the governor completely on this, felt compelled to speak out. He'll join us at the top of the hour. All right, let's get to our busy phones here. Uh, Jack is in the great state of Tennessee. What's up, Jack? How are you, sir? Doing well. I appreciate you taking my call. I just wanted to weigh in on uh, the CEOs that are voicing their opinion or highlighting their ignorance. Uh, One in particular, the Coca-Cola CEO. I'm a Coca-Cola shareholder, and it infuriates me to have a guy that gets paid well paid, paid well into seven figures, to do one thing, and that's to sell Coke. He's not, if he wants to interpret the law, especially the Georgia election laws, and let him do that on his own dime. And, uh, and he, and because he, it, all it does is just make me mad. If he stands out there under a, under the banner of a company that I'm at least a part owner in and voices that opinion, which does not reflect mine, it just, it makes me mad. You know, I, I've got to be honest with you. It's what are they going to do with the 2022 Winter Olympics in China? How does MLB justify doing a deal with all the human rights abuses in China going on right now, this very day? How do they, how do they justify that? How do they justify that the state of Delaware laws are are far more restrictive than this new Georgia law? You know, we've gone over all the data, all the information. What this really comes down to, I'm telling you, Jack, this is about one thing. Well, two things. One is they don't want any identification of any kind, even though you need ID for pretty much everything else in life, as we've discussed. And the second thing they don't want is signature verification. And the third thing is, is now you have to ask yourself, why not, considering you can't do a million things without any type of, of photo ID? It's because the only conclusion I can come up with is uh, they want to cheat. They want to have the potential to cheat. And this, this this keeps everybody honest. It instills confidence and integrity in the system. But they don't want that. They want chaos. Chaos, they believe, helped them in 2020. And they believe will help them in future in future elections. And we better be careful because it's not good for anybody. Claudia, South Carolina. Hey, Claudia, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. I wanted to call in and say that I commend uh, Senators Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Tim Scott, Rand Paul for speaking up for conservatives. But where are the other 45 senators? What are they doing? Why aren't they pushing back on Biden the way the Democrats push back on Trump? I mean, there's power in numbers and everybody needs to work together to push back on these executive orders, the border crisis. HR1, SR1, you're right. Yes. Well, I'm beginning to see this. I mean, I don't see the Republicans. I don't think in the end we'll see what Murkowski, Sass, and Romney do. 
I don't see any of them supporting this infrastructure bill, uh, although now they'll use the reconciliation pro- uh, process, which <laughs> bypasses, you know, Senate rules and the and the filibuster. Um, we got to wait, watch and see what happens. But Republicans can stop pretty much any bill they want by walking out of the chamber and not allowing a quorum to be created. That's not something that vice president or president, if you prefer, Harris uh, has the power to do in terms of breaking a tie. But you're right. They got to stay united. Why wouldn't they stay united? Exactly. All right, Claudia, thank you. We appreciate your call back to Tennessee and Amanda. Uh, Amanda, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. I just wanted to bring a little bit of awareness to patients that are still dying for COVID reasons. My dad passed away two weeks ago today. And um, by the way, was, I'm very sorry. He got that close to a vaccine and he got COVID late and passed away. Well, it was the incompetence of the hospital. And I believe that keeping family members away while people are in the hospital being treated kill so many patients and I would even venture to say that a lot of the deaths that have happened that have been attributed to COVID are not COVID. It is from incompetence and people being shut off from their families because when you go into a hospital and you are COVID positive, you are put in a 21-day isolation where your family can't see you. If you're on a ventilator, you can't talk to them. You're heavily sedated. You're paralyzed. And Staying on stuff like that is just so hard on the body. And my dad got so close to beating it, and if not for so much incompetence. And we know it happened because we were there. My mom is a nurse that was able to get us into the hospital, and I spent nights in that hospital, even though it was against hospital regulations. And she spent nights, and we saw so many occasions where he would have died if we wouldn't have been there to help bring awareness. And people would live if they were there to be able to help the doctors and nurses. We're not there to bring I, I, I got to agree with you, and especially if family members and loved ones, if they're willing to take the necessary precautions, just like healthcare workers, or maybe, maybe they need to show that they've got vaccinated. And if you're not of the age yet to get vaccinated, there should be an exception for someone like yourself or someone that has a sick family member. Um, I don't disagree. The just the encouraging aspect of having somebody there, because in fairness to hospital workers, a lot of them, are they're gulping water all day. They've got, you know, 500 people on a ventilator. They got people in the hall. They got, you know, they're running around. They do. I know they're trying their best and doing an amazing job. But the extra help would be something that you have. So many people have been shut out and their loved ones have died. They don't even get to say goodbye. And then you have these funerals where like 10 people can go. It's, it's pretty remarkable in a bad way. And it's sad. And, you know, the, the process of, of mourning even becomes more difficult than it already is. And I'm very sorry about your father. It's it's I'm sure it's it's you know, no one wants to lose a loved one. You just don't. It's very painful. You're it, yes, it is. Yeah. All right. So, Godspeed. We're praying for you. We wish you the best. You and your family. I'm sorry that that all that you lived through that. It's been very hard on these families. You have a loved one in a hospital and you're shut out. Um, now, I, I, I do believe that the nurses, the doctors I know they're trying everything they can do. They've learned a lot from the last year. 
I will say that it used to be that, you know, 12, 15 percent of people on a ventilator survived. But they've they've learned techniques now that that percentage is up around 50 percent. And it's because they've they've learned throughout the process. Um, anyway, back to our phones we go as we say hi to David is in California, the United Socialist Republic. Comrade, how are you? Glad you called. Thanks, Sean. How are you? Good. Say, Sean, so one example of how the consumer is actually paying these higher corporate taxes, I discovered in uh, how these popsicles that my household eats weekly have lost an inch and a half of height in the popsicle. We pay the same <laughs> amount of money. Your favorite popsicle now costs the same, but you get less popsicle. That's so unfair. And that's how that's how these corporations are absorbing the cost of that that higher tax base now. So what, what, it's funny you said that. One of my kids was eating like a Twinkie or something. I know they've sold the company. Hostess used to have it when I was a kid, and I'd get mm-hmm. the pack with two Twinkies in it. I used to love them, and I love Funny Bones, uh, the ones with the peanut butter in it, and Yodels, the ones with the white cream in it. You loved them, Ring Dings and Devil Dog. I loved all that crap. Anyway. Um, but I remember my kid had like a single Twinkie and I looked at it. And I said, whoa, what'd they do to the Twinkie? It's half missing. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. So, yes, the public pays the higher tax cost. Yeah, of course. They, the corporations are not going to absorb the tax burden. They're going to pass right. it on to us. You know, exactly. the new green deal is great. But guess what? We're now still dependent on the lifeblood of the world's economy and we'll be importing it, paying more for it, and and that's another tax on us. And and all these rich, you know, the, the amazing thing about what Yellen is proposing of a worldwide corporate rate, I'm like, well, why does she want that? Because they're deathly afraid that like companies that are leaving New York in droves, companies are going to move their businesses overseas, and they're going to make more money. The bottom line matters to corporations. They're in business. Now they do create goods and services we want, we need, we desire. But they're also in the business of making a profit. They have a fiduciary responsibility to shareholders to make the most money possible because they're investing in their product or service. So, yeah, we're going to get hit with that, too. And it's a big fat lie that oh, if you make if you make only if you make over four hundred thousand dollars a year, you're going to pay to this. That's a lie. You're not. That's not. It's not going to be how that plays out. That I can tell you. And I wish people would understand it because all they're hearing is everything's going to be free. And I would just argue, well, what does government do so well that gives you the confidence? to give them more power over your lives. Obamacare flopped and failed, every promise broken. Social Security, Medicare is going bankrupt. How are these Democratic governors that have run Democratic states for decades, mayors for, for decades, how are they doing with safety and security and law and order? Not too good. How are those school systems in those blue states that that partner with the teachers' unions? And uh, the, the grades are horrific in many of them. It's terrible. Quick break, right back. All right, news roundup and information overload hour. Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? We'll get to your calls, I promise, coming up straight ahead. So in the last hour, we had Governor DeSantis, the great state of Florida, 
Florida's success on coronavirus, so different from New York and New Jersey and California and Pennsylvania and Michigan, it is they've done so amazingly well with one of the highest percentages of the most vulnerable elderly population in the entire country. And every elected official, frankly, deserves credit because they all work together. Even though they have some political disagreements, they didn't disagree on protecting the most vulnerable. Um, anyway, let me just play again. This is Governor Ron DeSantis, the unedited version of his response to 60 Minutes, of which they only ran a few seconds. And then I'll introduce you to the Democratic mayor of Palm Beach County. Here's Governor DeSantis, unedited version of his response to 60 Minutes. So first of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. That's that, that's a fake narrative. So first of all, when we did the, the first pharmacies that had it were CVS and Walgreens, and they had a long-term care mission. So they were going to the long-term care facilities. They got vaccine in the middle of December. They started going to the long-term care facilities the third week of December to do LTCs. So that was their mission. That was very important, and we trusted them to do that. As we got into January, we wanted to expand the distribution points. So, yes, you had the counties. You had some drive through sites. You had hospitals that were doing a lot. But we wanted to get it into communities more. So we reached out to other retail pharmacies, Publix, Walmart. Obviously, CBS and Walgreens had to finish that mission. And we said, we're going we're gonna to use you as soon as you're done with that. For the Publix, they were the first one to raise their hand, say they were ready to go. And you know what? We did it on a trial basis. I had three counties. I actually showed up that weekend and talked to seniors across four different publics. How was the experience? Is this good? Should you think this is a way to go? And it was 100% positive, so we expanded it, and then folks liked it. And I can tell you, if you look at a place like Palm Beach County, they were kind of struggling at first in terms of the senior numbers. I went, I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, Here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can get more to hospitals. We can do the publics. We can do this. They calculated that 90% of their seniors live within a mile and a half of a Publix. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. So we did that. And what ended up happening was you had 65 Publics in Palm Beach. Palm Beach is one of the biggest counties, one of the most elderly counties. We've done almost 75% of the seniors in Palm Beach. And the reason is because you have the strong retail footprint. So our uh, way has been multifaceted. It has worked. And we're also now very much expanding CVS and Walgreens now that they've completed the long-term care mission. Yes. And it's wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative. And you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. And so it's clearly not. No, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong. All right, joining us now is the Democratic mayor of Palm Beach County, Mayor Dave Kerner, is uh, with us. Not only did he call out 60 Minutes um, and the segment, but he issued a, a, a powerful statement, said he felt compelled to issue uh, that the reporting was not just based on bad information, it was intentionally false And I know this because I offered to provide my insight into Palm Beach County's vaccination efforts and 60 minutes declined. They know that the governor came to Palm Beach, met with me, met with the county administrator. We asked to expand the state's partnership with Publix to Palm Beach County. And they they work together. Everyone always says we want bipartisanship. Well, you actually have it here. 
for the betterment of people in Palm Beach County. Mr. Mayor, how are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you for having me on the show. And Palm Beach County is better, uh, both for the governor's assistance and leadership, and uh, particularly with the with the public's distribution plan and retail footprint. And I felt very compelled to correct the record, despite my efforts to go on camera with 60 Minutes. Walk us through what, first of all, walk us through what happened with 60 Minutes. Then let's work our way back and and the partnership that you developed with the governor. All right, you're a Democrat, he's a Republican, but saving lives to me isn't, it's not about R&D, it's about life and death. For sure. I mean, I, I come. I used to be a police officer, so I have that mentality where he's our chief executive. We have a we have a pandemic in front of us. Uh, I don't have to agree with everything that he he wants to do or every vision that he has, but I do have a core responsibility to work effectively with the governor, and, and I've achieved that throughout the entire process, and it's been reciprocated. And I'm not afraid to say that, even though it's an unpopular thing to say. Uh, but working ourselves backwards with the 60 minutes to answer your question directly. Uh, you know, I had heard for several weeks that 60 Minutes was doing a story down here on the decision to bring public to Palm Beach County, which is a, is a decision that I, as a county mayor, was very much involved with. In that, I met with the governor personally. I met with the county administrator. We looked at the statistics and data, and we decided this would be a great initial rollout for 20,000 guaranteed vaccinations per week. Uh, we have the highest per capita demographic of 65-plus seniors in this community out of any county in the state of Florida, and we continue to lead all metro counties a million point five or million above um, in terms of um, elderly um, residents vaccinated. We're at, I think, 76 percent. I'm very proud of that, and, and public's played a big I don't part. think there's anybody in the country that I've heard, and I'm, I have not researched it, that's higher than that. Well, we, we've worked diligently, and we've worked as a team, and the, the credit doesn't go just to the governor or to the county government. It really goes to the seniors that are taking um, their lives and, and their futures into their own hands and coming out to the very broad and diverse ways of getting vaccinated uh, in this wonderful county where I've been born and raised. But, you know, I had heard about 60 Minutes uh, coming down here, and I had heard about all these people that weren't part of the decision-making process being interviewed. Um, and, and, and to Commissioner McKinley's credit, who's been involved in this, she's a colleague of mine, once we realized that there was a, a hole in the donut, and I can't guarantee perfection in everything that we do, um, the moment she realized that, she brought it to the board's attention, we corrected it, and lo and behold, we have a very effective system of distribution here. But what I started to learn was that I was never going to get a phone call from 60 Minutes, so I actually called the governor's office and said, hey, is there a point of contact that I can speak with? And they gave me that phone number, and I reached out to 60 Minutes and spoke with the producer. And I went on record for 45 minutes, and I told them that the decision to bring public to this county, uh, if you need to pick somebody and you want to blame someone, that would be me. I'm proud of the decision. But I made that decision along with the county administrator. And it was a great decision. It continues to be a great decision. But it imploded the entire narrative that the governor forced publics down the throat of the people of Palm Beach County. And I can't allow that narrative to continue, whether I'm a Democrat or otherwise. You know, you could have just been quiet. You could have just played politics. You could have just said, well, that's 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 the governor's problem. That's not my problem. Um, but the fact that you, you felt compelled to do it, um, knowing you may even, I guess, get some heat from some Democrats. But but this is such an important moment that happened here. So walk us through. So the governor gets in contact with you meets with you, meets with other officials in, in Palm Beach County, 
And and at that meeting, you're all you're throwing around a list of options and you, you settled on Publix, which, I, by the way, is genius to me because I know how popular Publix is down in Florida, Georgia and, and other places. Just like I thought it was a good idea to have, you know, Walgreens and 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 CVS and Rite Aid and all these these drugstores literally going into the elderly communities, those, you know, uh, that exist all throughout Florida. I thought that was a brilliant decision, too. So go through the meeting. You have these options, and you made the decision on Publix. Yes, I, I made the decision. The county administrator made the decision. We had notified the board. We were guaranteed 20,000 vaccinations per month. We ended up uh, asking for permission to carve out a portion of that, uh, about 4,000 per month, for our own discretion so that we could hit those communities of color or a low socioeconomic status to make sure that we were hitting um, every portion of this county as long as you were 65 and plus. And you're right, it is life and death when you're that age and older to get this vaccine. And did, did I do it perfectly? Did the county do it perfectly? There's no perfection or metric for perfection. But the governor, the governor was with us every step of the way, and he presented us with a host of options. And we thought, just like you said, hey, 67 vertically integrated points of distribution from staffing, from, from supply to customers that are familiar and comfortable going there to in-house pharmacies, we, we mapped it out in our emergency operations center, and we found, you know, unofficially, I would say, that 90 to 95 percent of people 65-plus uh, lived within a mile and a half of the public. So this was a way to get 67 sites up in, a, in, in an instant. And then, yeah. you know, several days later, we did realize that there's no public in Bell Glade, and Commissioner McKinley fought very forcefully to make sure that that, that was cured. And the governor even came down personally. Uh, to her district and and um, did a, a special thing with Anquan Bolden. And, you know, you look at where we're at now in April, and I'm very proud of where we're at. So, when you know, when the 60 Minutes piece aired, you said you kind of hinted at it, but it doesn't reflect poorly on my county where I've been born and raised, where a lot of people have worked and suffered through this pandemic like everybody else, but have put their other foot in front of their other foot every day. And, but it also reflected poorly on Governor DeSantis, who I don't work for, but I certainly work with him. And I think that I call balls and strikes. And for them to, to make these implications, it may not be popular. It may not be helpful for my future. Um, but I had to defend my county, and I had to defend the chief executive of our state because I'm Doesn't proud it of the speak, Isn't it sad the that the media could be that agenda-driven? Because what you're saying is they consciously lie. To the American people, you don't have to use my words. I'll use them. This this was propaganda. This was a lie. This was misinformation. This was a political hit job. And unfortunately, well, those I, are your words. Um, but it's really <laughs> painful, and I put that in my face. Those are your words. And by the way, Hannity, when you move to Florida, you might want to pick another county, please. It, it's expensive here now. We're we're in a good place economically. Oh, I know it's expensive down there. Public health was. But I read that what is the average home price increase year over year in Palm Beach County? I don't know the historical record year over year. I do know that valuations in our county from um, prior to COVID are up uh, unofficially 20 to 40 percent, um, which presents a, a whole host of public policy issues that uh, the Board of County Commissioners will have to contend with because it was already expensive enough to live here. The average home price in this county was 350000 prior to the pandemic, and that so it'll go up proportionally, you know, uh, keeps going up here, um, and that's going to present a host of issues for the everyday working American. All right, quick break. Back on the other side with the mayor of Palm Beach County, Dave Kerner, 
And uh, we'll get to your calls. Final half hour. Sean Hannity Show. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News. Please set your DVR. we got a great show tonight as we continue. Beach County, who's saying flat out that 60 Minutes, not only was it intentionally false, uh, but they just refused to air the truth about Governor DeSantis beyond a hit job. They knew it was a hit job. It's unbelievable. We continue with the mayor of Palm Beach County, Dave Kerner. So I have two friends of mine. You might be interested, Mr. Mayor, to know they will be your constituents in the near future. They both purchased homes down there. And in one case, there was 10 people bidding on the one home. And uh, in the other case, they literally got it like the second that it went on the market. And I mean, that's how hot that real estate market is down, especially in, in your county, Palm Beach County, but other parts of Florida as well. It's insane. And, you know, when you look at a state like New York, I don't know what your your tax philosophy is. But they're about to raise taxes over $4 billion. It'll be the highest tax state to now surpassing California. Then you look at what's happening nationally with taxes going up. Then you look at, okay, new Green Deal, you know, spending resulting in less energy production here at home. How do you feel about those decisions? You know, I'm not really going to comment on that. I'm, I'm just a, a lowly, humble county, official county mayor that needs to make sure that we get through this pandemic safely. Um, and and done, do it in a way that that honors the dignity and respect of everyone, regardless of their race, ethnicity, creed, or color. And that's what we're doing. That's what I'm focused on. Um, I just hope that that home prices are rising. I don't know that it's a popular place to live. It has its good and bad sides about that because it's certainly becoming expensive to live down here. But we don't have a um, an income tax in Florida, and that's in our constitution. Um, but we, you know, we have relatively low property taxes. We don't have the most the most robust state government as a result, but I think that Governor DeSantis has demonstrated with the resources that he has and has had available to him that there was a way to respond to this pandemic effectively as a unit of government, and and it's and I've enjoyed working with him, and I'm not afraid to say that. Interesting. Everybody says they want bipartisanship. You have a moment of it here, and you know you you'd probably be widely panned. Uh, by people. But at the end of the day, putting the lives of people in your community above politics is is admirable. And it's sad to even say that we it's sad to even have to say that it should be standard. It's not standard. It's an exception. Uh, Mayor Dave Kerner, Palm Beach County. Congratulations, sir. Good for you. Take a bow for standing up for just simple truth. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And thank you for the kind words, sir. I'll ask it again. (laughs) Will he acknowledge that there's a crisis? Well, first, uh, the president and this administration's focus is on digging out of uh, the dismantled and inhumane immigration approach of the last administration. You say that's not a crisis. Well, I think what uh, Ambassador Jacobson and Secretary uh, Mayorkas were conveying and what I've conveyed is it it doesn't matter what you call it. It is an enormous challenge. We don't feel the need to, uh, you know, play games with what it's called. At this point, is this a crisis at the board? Look, I don't think we need to sit here and put new labels on what we have already conveyed is challenging. Why has this administration been so reluctant to call it a crisis with the huge uptick in the number of migrants being detained, including thousands of children? If that doesn't qualify as a crisis, what does? Well, because we think that it's most important to explain the substantive policy of what's happening. 800 941 Sean, you want to be a part of the program. So 
Our friend Congressman uh, Mo Brooks, he's in Alabama's 5th District. I've known since 1990 when I was a local host at my first professional job in Huntsville, Alabama. And Mo Brooks was the Madison County, Alabama District Attorney at the time. And he often filled in for me. Well, I shouldn't say often because I didn't get much vacation time. I think I had a maximum of two weeks a year. Um, Congressman Mo Brooks of Alabama's 5th District is here now looking to run for the United States Senate. Sir, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Good to be able to speak with you again. I mean, when you think about that, that's, I mean, we're talking about 30 years now that we've known each other. You're the DA, and you used to fill in and host my radio show. I think for a period, didn't you even host the show yourself? Well, I was there for a couple of weeks uh, in between the fellow who left before you and then when you came in. And quite frankly, I'll never forget how youthful you were uh, when you first started working at WVNN in the Tennessee Valley of Alabama. But boy, you were sharp as a tack. You know, I like to ask people questions if they heard me back in the day, as we call it, whether or not they think I've changed much. Do you think I've changed much in terms of my political views? Sir, I'd like to think I've matured as a broadcaster a little bit, but putting that aside, do you think that my philosophy has changed much? Not one bit, and that's because the truths are perpetual. There's no reason to change on the foundational principles that have combined to make America the greatest nation in world history. Unfortunately, a lot of people take for granted that every other place in the world is like we are in America, and it just ain't so. So, no, I'm very appreciative that you've stuck to your guns, that you've stuck to your belief system, and it is the belief system that has distinguished us from all other countries on the planet. You know, I say conservatism is very easy, and what I've been saying is that candidates for public office need to be able to sum it up in about a minute. And when I sum it up, this is my take, that we believe in in freedom uh, and liberty and individual responsibility We believe that this country has natural rights, God-given rights, not government-given rights. I believe in our Constitution, including the First and Second Amendment. I believe that we should have low taxes, limited government bureaucracy, so people can thrive in a business atmosphere in a competitive international marketplace. Uh, I think we should have law and order, so every community, every city is, is safe and secure. I think we need school choice for kids, We spend more per capita per child than any other country in the world with the worst results. I want our borders secure. I want to be energy independent for national security reasons, and it is the lifeblood of the world's economy. I want constitutionalists on the Supreme Court. I want free and fair trade, and I believe in peace through strength, and that means the meanest, toughest, kick-ass military on the face of the earth. Um, Am I missing much? I think you've just about covered it. If I were to add two more, we believe in our being a republic. And, of course, the underpinning of any republic is having honest and accurate elections that the people have trust in. And I would also add a generic category of moral values. Uh, I believe that moral values are the compass that guide us to do the right thing with the power that we as a people in America enjoy rather than the wrong thing. And we don't always get it right, but I believe that we're motivated by a true desire to do the right thing for ourselves and the people we affect. And that distinguishes us in a very large way from almost every other great power in world history. I don't think there's been a a country, as Barry Farber used to say, that's accumulated more power than this country and abused it less and used it more, I add, 
to the advancement of the human condition. No, we're not a perfect country, but we have the means to become, through that republic and that process and that constitution, a more perfect union every single day. You've been talking a lot about what is a, an utter catastrophe down at the border, and I'm watching all of this unfold, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. I see Biden building cages for kids again, like they did in the Obama-Biden administration. I see in the middle of a pandemic, we have a high rate of, of COVID testing positivity down there. We see that other states now, these, these unaccompanied minors are being shipped out and bringing their COVID with them to other states. It's inexplicable to me that this could happen and that Joe Biden caused the entire thing by eliminating the stay in Mexico policies and eliminating border wall construction and bringing back catch and release. It's insanity to me. Well, it's almost nonstop with the damage that the socialists are trying to do to America. And I'm going to make a rather candid statement. It'll probably get some people mad at me, but it's what I believe. There is literally blood on the hands of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all the other socialist Democrats in Washington, D.C. And as the cherry on top, we ought to add a bunch of these open border Republicans. And when I say blood on their hands, what am I talking about? Each year, according to federal government crime data, roughly 2,000 Americans are dead at the hands of illegal aliens killed on American soil. And they would be alive, but for our poor southern border. On top of that, you have another 30,000 who die from overdoses on deadly narcotics that are smuggled across our poor southern border. And I'm not even touching yet on the adverse economic consequences to struggling American families of the huge surge in the labor supply, uh, coupled with the jobs that are taken from American families that they no longer can compete for, again, because of the 10-plus million illegal aliens who are in our country working, and the net tax effect. And so you have to wonder, with all the things that you've itemized, with the things I just itemized, why are the Socialist Democrats doing what they're doing? And I'm Let me ask you this. If, if one of these, if, if somebody crosses the border illegally, and you're right about the opioid crisis, we've been talking a lot about it, because as all of the resources now are, are, are literally being drained into taking care of these unaccompanied minors that Joe Biden pretty much invited in and is letting everybody in and then tried to put a gag order on the media and a gag order on Border Patrol officers from telling the truth. But if anybody gets COVID and dies from COVID, wouldn't they be responsible for that? One would think uh, the disease issue is much harder to quantify and itemize because it is so difficult to prove cause and effect. Uh, someone might catch COVID in the United States. It might be an American citizen. They may die from it. But out of all the people that they've met with, how do you track it down to an illegal alien? That's the challenging part. We know that it's happening, but we don't know how bad the problem is. Now, some would argue that one lost American life is enough to justify stronger border security, but obviously that is not the case with the Socialist Democrats who are running Washington, D.C., and quite frankly, the reason they are impervious to these public policy considerations is they see a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Illegal aliens getting amnesty, getting citizenship, succumbing to the wily ways of the Democrat arguments in elections, becoming a block vote for Democrats, thereby perpetuating the power of Democrats who control Washington, D.C. So it's all a power grab on the part of the Socialist Democrats, and that to a very large degree is why they ignore, ignore 
the adverse effects of these illegal aliens on so many American citizens. It's something of great value that they offer in the hopes that uh, generations of people that enter the country and are granted amnesty, uh, that they will be rewarded at the ballot box. Um, and it's it's really sad that that is what their motivation is. I'm for immigration. I'm for legal immigration. We have laws for a reason. you got to protect, you know, first step, if you want to be an American, is respect our laws, our sovereignty, and our borders. I don't think it's too much to uh, ask. Are you running for Senate, sir? I am running for the United States Senate, uh, based primarily on the uh, reasons that you enunciated early on about the foundational principles that have combined collectively to make us uh, the greatest nation in world history. There wasn't a single public policy position that I disagreed with you on. I am uh, a, well, I'm in the lead in the state of Alabama in that Senate seat, although my challenge is going to be expanding on that lead in Alabama, while my opponent's challenge is going to be cutting into it and trying to eliminate it. If any of your listeners want to help, please go to mobrooks.com. Pretty easy to remember. Mobrooks. By the way, so the last time when I was down there, remember the big controversy was this place at the at the Limestone County, Madison County uh, borderline was a place called Jimmy's Lounge. Do you remember that place? Is that place still in existence? I am, I am aware of it by reputation, but I've never visited it. And, and <laughs> I, folks listen, who are familiar I, I'm gonna, with these kinds I, of facilities. I, I did visit it and did a show from there. So, I, you know, I don't know what that says about me, uh, but that's back in the day. Is it still in existence or is it gone? If I had to guess, I would say it's probably gone, uh, but it may still be there. I, I don't know. Sean, you'd have to look that one up. That's I'll, more I'll, stomping grounds than mine. You know, the things you do when you start out at local radio. Uh, why don't you go cover the controversy down there? I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, if you're insisting. Uh, anyway, Mo Brooks, we're going to be following the race very closely down there. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Sean, and have a blessed day and continue to lead the charge, helping American citizens understand my, public my policy, honor. what's right and what's wrong. Every day to have this microphone is an honor, and I'd never forget it. Thank you, sir. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Uh, let us say hello to Sophia. Is out in the United Socialist uh, Utopia of California. Comrade Sophia, how are you? Glad you called. Hi. Thank you. Um, sorry, I won't make it long, but I just want to say I'm Mexican, came to America when I was 13, lived in another country. And I just I feel sad for what's happening, not just in California, but in the U.S. And people are losing respect for our country. I call it my country because I became an American citizen. And for me, it makes me sad because I have lived, you know, in a country where there is no power for you as a person. And I was able to come here, go to college. My sister and I both graduated. And now that I know what I know, it makes me really sad for, for people to categorize me or my sister or my family as, you know, Democrats. But we're not Democrats. We're not Republicans because we really want to succeed. And uh, we wanted to succeed in this country. So my point being is if we let or if we continue doing what we're doing, We'll definitely have, uh, you know, a uh, lost country, in my opinion. I think I think your observations, Sophia, are dead on accurate. And I, I appreciate the call and your kind words and uh, you being a part of our family. We're glad you're here. And, you know, you went through the process. You you are a legal citizen and, and we're lucky to have you. I appreciate the call. One of the things I've observed is over the course of my life, I've had opportunities to meet people, 
that come from repressive regimes, from the former Soviet Union, from the former Eastern Bloc countries, uh, places that don't have liberty or freedom. I met people from Cuba. I met people from, you know, under repressive regimes in Nicaragua and El Salvador and poverty and, and all over the world. And it seems that they appreciate the blessings of liberty sometimes, sometimes more than we do because they know what the, they, they know where oppression and authoritarianism and statism leads. And they don't, they see it happening here and they, they desperately don't want it to happen here. And you see that it translates oftentimes that they look at this new, this new gift of freedom and opportunity to bring their God given gifts to fruition and and they just get they just roll up their sleeves and they work their asses off and they succeed and grateful and thankful and appreciative that they have this opportunity that that they didn't have where they were it's pretty amazing to watch that unfold and i've seen it many times wrap things up for today a busy hannity tonight nine eastern on the fox news channel news you won't get from the mob obviously we're following the situation of the utter complete hypocrisy and and breakdown in truth as it relates to voting laws and the new voting law in georgia especially compared to let's say colorado and delaware and new york uh which are far more restrictive we'll tell you the truth the media won't tell you ted cruz He'll be checking in with us, Senator Lindsey Graham and Kaylee McEnany, Dan Bongino, much, much more. We hope you'll set your DVR, 9 Eastern, Hannity tonight, Fox News. See you tonight, back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.